everybody and welcome to the Promise Scotland podcast and today we've got a really exciting episode where we are looking at the Hearing System Working Group and particularly the involvement of young people from Our Hearings, Our Voice in that process and that work. So I'm really delighted to be here today. I'm here today with Sheriff David Mackey, who is Chair of the Hearing System Working Group and a Sheriff in Scotland. I'm also here today with Andrew and Liam from Our Hearings, Our Voice So I just want to give a little bit of background about what the Hearing System Working Group is and then I'm going to ask these guys to tell us a wee bit about our hearings, our voice before I stop talking and pass over to these folks to to take it from there. So the Hearing System Working Group is a collaborative project. It came out of work between the Promise Scotland, Children's Hearing Scotland and the Scottish Children's Reporters Administration. And it's been a working group and a place and a redesign project to look at what the promise said about the children's hearing system and how we might implement all of the things that it said um, and look at what legislative change might be needed. It started in October 2021 and is concluding in May of 2023. And as I said before, Sheriff David Mackey has been leading it and the Promise Scotland's been kind of running it, doing all the keeping keeping the show on the road. So we've had a lot of engagement with Our Hearings, Our Voice. And I just wondered if you, Liam, could just tell us a wee bit about what Our Hearings, Our Voice yeah, is. Yeah, sure can. Um, I've been a part of the group myself for a wee bit. Obviously, the group's been there for, for a very long time. I just joined recently at the end of last year. Uh-huh. And you can tell straight away, like, it's a group of great kids. There's two great people that run it, Gordon and Amy. They run it really well. Uh, so it's a group of kids who've had their own experience within the panel. Uh-huh. And we use it to work with other groups like David Chef, David Mackey's group to improve it for the better for people to follow or people who have still to have their journey through the panel. Because like, it could be quite traumatising for a young mm-hmm. child. So f- to use our experiences as a group and give it back to the community and help change it for the better and make it a more safe and comforting environment through the process of the Jones panel, I think is really good. And we've done... I think we've done a really good job with that with Sheriff David Mackey's group. Brilliant. Great. Well, thanks for telling us about it. So I'm going to sort of stop talking and I think you guys have got some questions for David. So I'll I'll hand over to you. Okay. Um, the first question we wanted to ask you, David, was what inspired you to make this change since you've not, you're not care experiencing yourself and yeah. you've not really lived in the system yet? Um, I haven't lived in the system, but <clears throat> as a sheriff, I've been part of the system for many years and uh, it was some of the experiences I had as a sheriff that made me want to get involved in this work. Um, I'll tell you a couple of little stories that are examples of what influenced me. Um, Years ago, I used to sit in Alloa Sheriff Court, that was my stamping ground and um, there's one case that stands out in my memory involved uh, what we call the grounds proof. I don't know if that means anything to you, but uh, it was one of these cases that had to come to me to decide whether the grounds for referral to the children's hearing could be established, and yeah. I had to hear the evidence. And it involved a wee boy who was um, six or seven years old, and at school the teacher had noticed three wee bruises on his back when he took his shirt off for PE. And um, that was just a normal day at school for him. He never went home that day. The teacher had quite rightly um, told her headmistress that she thought this wee boy had bruises on his back and didn't think they were accidental. <clears throat> and the head teacher agreed. Uh, the social work department got involved and uh, that that day he was taken into foster care. And I saw 
I was hearing the case two, three months later. And um, I heard the evidence and uh, I, I, it wasn't difficult. It was quite clear. The medical evidence was clear that these were non-accidental bruises and therefore uh, the grounds for referral were established and that was the decision I made. So I, I made a decision there that kept that wee boy in the children's hearing system, but um, a decision that was correct according to the law and the evidence, but in my heart of hearts, I knew it was absolutely the wrong thing for that wee boy. So that was one case that stood out in my memory. Um, <clears throat> there's another case. One of, the, one of the things you get involved in as a sheriff is that you deal with appeals from the children's hearing. And there's another, I had a series of appeals involving one particular family, very sort of complex issues. And uh, I noticed in one of the cases that the wee child, I can't remember how old they, they were at the time, but they'd been involved in the hearing system for a period of years. And th this happens, you possibly know this, that some children languish in the children's hearing system and they don't seem to get out of it. And this child had been in the children's hearing system for a number of years, but I also noticed that um, at every single hearing, <clears throat> it was a different panel. Um, and over the piece, something like 50 different panel members had been involved in this person's, this child's case, 20, 21 different chairs. I think a couple of them been then involved more than once, but that was just by coincidence, wasn't planned. And um, it was a complex case. The papers, I read, there was something like 500 pages of papers. There was um, social work reports, psychological assessments, parenting assessments. And there's no way that panel members would get that on a Tuesday for the hearing on Friday and, and be able ah. to understand all that. So that stuck in my mind as well. And I I, I wrote a comment about that in my judgment. Um, uh, so these are two cases that um, stand out in my memory, but there were others like that. These experiences um, stayed with me. And when the promise came out, the report came out, it happened to coincide with my retirement as a full-time sheriff. And um, uh, I slightly naively said to Fiona Duncan that I would be a, a volunteer she, if, if she wanted to wanted my help in uh, implementing the promise. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you're glad to be here, aren't you? <laughs> I really am. I know yeah. that I am. Yeah. Well, obviously you've been working with us a few times, um, so it's something that's influenced you from us or you've learned from our hearing's our voice. It's hard to know where to begin. I can say that, um, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, that every single time I've met you as a group and as individuals, but every single time um, you've given me an insight, uh, an understanding that I didn't have before. Um, and, and it really has mattered. It's affected my understanding of the, the hearing system. Uh, it's affected my thinking on what we should do to, to make it better. Um, and I wonder if I can think of some examples. Um, I think the, the, the most important one is that you as a group have shown me uh, the hearing system through your eyes. Yeah. You know, we talk about, we talk about looking at it through the child's eyes, but what does that really mean? You know, I, I, um, that's a phrase that people trot out, but you've actually helped me see it through your eyes. And so I've learned from you, for example, that, um, how people speak in a hearing or how they speak at any time, but how they, they deal with you and how they speak to you um, really matters. And I've realized that in no other kind of um, setting does the language, um, the tone of the language and, and the, the volume matter as much as in the children's hearing. And that's something that I've 
definitely learned from just being with you and, and, and listening to you talk about your experiences. Um, I've, I've learned how important it is for you to uh, know something about the people who are making decisions in your lives. That, that we, as, as adults, we kind of accept that there's a, a judge or somebody there who's going to, whose job it is to make a decision and, and we can kind of process that. Um, but I understand from being with you that um, it, it matters. You want to know something about that person. They're about to make a big decision in your life. It might be the biggest decision in your life. It might affect your entire life. And um, I now understand better than ever did before that it's not unreasonable that you might want to know something about that person and, and who they are and what they're, what, what they're, where they're coming from. So th these sorts of insights um, have been so important to me in, in uh, working out how, how, how to improve the system. Andrew, have you got another question? Yeah, I just wanted to say I think it's quite often missed that all kids will have issues going to care because a yeah. lot of the times it's used as like a last resort. Yeah. And from what you've said, you have benefited a lot from talking with OHV because it's given you insight. But as the chair of the group you've worked hard with and you've worked hard to build a relationship with us, what other things have you seen and benefited from by working with our hearings, our voice? And what do you think you've gotten out of working with us? Um, <clears throat> well, let me think there's... I can think of two things that come to mind immediately. Um, I remember one of the sessions we had uh, towards the end of last year, I think it was, um, we were looking at some of the ideas that were coming out of the design teams. You know, we had the collaborative design and um, we had uh, some of the ideas up on the wall yeah. and had different groups looking at them. I suppose I've touched on it already. The thing I've learned most is is this the importance of language. But when you when you accept that idea, and I, I think what I've also learned is not to, not to look for you look to the group to make decisions or to find solutions for us, mm. but it's to listen to you and and listen, what are you trying to tell us? What's how's we're the ones who understand process. We're the experts on process and procedure and all that. And I've and I've done that job of saying, well what are they trying to tell us here? And um that whole thing about uh language, uh tone and volume, that that feeds into um sheriffs. You know, sheriffs need to understand that. Uh it feeds into um lawyers Mm. Lawyers need to understand that. One of the one of the things that keeps coming up in in the work we're doing is the, is the difficulty of lawyers who are probably they'll say they're just doing their job, they're standing up for their clients' rights, but in the setting of a hearing, it's a bit heavy-handed. It can be quite intimidating, and so I've learned that um, the, the the way lawyers present themselves and the way they conduct themselves matters. The language they use, the volume. Um, so th that little that single idea influences. How what the sheriff's going to do, the lawyers are going to do, how the chair's going to conduct the, conduct the proceedings, how the panel are going to operate. So it, 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 it's quite a good example of how it, um, it has a bearing on the whole system and, and my personal thinking of it. Well, um, obviously, you've, it's been a long journey. Obviously, you started in October 2021 yeah. and it's obviously it's coming to the end, to May 2023. So see along with working with our, our group and your own group, has there been any surprises along the way, like coming out with this report that you're going to come out with in May? Uh -huh. Well, um, no surprises. It's been an extraordinarily satisfying um, process. Uh, 
I think the surprise for me, because um, I'm quite old and I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a lawyer and I'm kind of set in my ways, and the surprise to me has been the, um, the absolute uh, joy, the satisfaction of working in a team. And I don't just mean the immediate team. That's been a joy. Christina's here somewhere. <laughs> but um, the immediate team around me, I've never had that before. Because as, as a judge and as a lawyer, you kind of, you're on your own, you, you work things out and you, you stand by your argument. But that's been a joy for me, but also working with you um, as a team. You know, I, feel, I feel as though we are a team now because yeah. we've had so many good sessions together. Um, and and this the, the collaborative design process, again, as a, as a judge, I'm used to receiving the evidence then writing my judgment and giving my decision. Um, but this process has been uh, totally different um, and it's been a learning experience for me, but one that I found extraordinarily satisfying. And that's been, I, I, that has been a surprise for me, uh, I must say, with my, with my background, the, the extent to which I've enjoyed just being part of this team. Uh, did you have any hopes or ideas mm. for your reforms? Like also, if you've come up with some reforms. Have you yeah. got any hopes? Any hopes of how they perform when they like get established? Yeah, well, that's a really good question because it's it's all very well to come up with great ideas, but they're no good unless they're implemented, yeah. are they? So um, that's my uh, fundamental aspiration: is that the, the the ideas we come up with are actually turned into reality. Um, we we are possibly going to be. Um, making recommendations that seriously will lead to transformational change in the hearing system. Um, and it would be unrealistic to think that might happen overnight. So it's going, to, it's going to be the start of a new process of actual change. And there's a lot of improvement work going on already with CHS and SCRA, as you know. Um, the, the, the improvement of hearing centres, the softening of the furnishings, the yeah. environment, all that sort of stuff's going on. A lot of practice in the hearings is improving as well. And and this will really add some rocket fuel to that process, I think. Some of the changes we're contemplating will need changes in the law, will need legislation, but, but a lot of it won't. Um, so my hope is that um, those elements that don't need legislative change, can we can start working on them right away. Um, in the real world, some of them might need budget, um, might need money from government. So there's going to be a task in... in uh, explaining to policymakers and decision makers um, the importance of, of the of the work that we've been doing and the importance of the changes we need to make. So that's both a challenge, um, but uh, I'm very optimistic, um, and I'm optimistic because um, when this report is finally produced, it will it 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 will come from not just a, a little working group, but it comes from the entire community affected by children's hearings, um, from you, uh, from foster carers, parents, kinship carers, safeguarders, social workers, everybody in the whole system has contributed to this. And th that's why I think it'll carry a lot of force. And that's why I'm optimistic about it turning into reality. I think um, unless there's anything else from you guys, I think David had some questions for you. So... You ready for that? <laughs> yeah, quite ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, my first question is, is a big question, but um, I'll just uh, I'll just uh, fire it out there. So, why is change needed in the children's hearing system? Uh, yeah, I can start that question. I just yeah. think um, change is needed because, like, most children—not all, but most children—that go into the children's panel are quite young. So, like you were yeah. saying, it's about quite a daunting experience for a young child, a young mind. Um, so, it's just about 
making that journey more comfortable is obviously start from a young age. They could be in it till they're eighteen or even till the age of fourteen. It just all depends on the situation. Yeah. Um, and then also, as you were saying about language, it's about ch- try to change that language to young mind so they can understand because not every child is articulate. They can't understand every big word in the dictionary. So um, it's just about the whole point of change is to make it more comfortable and more soothing for the child rather yeah. than being quite daunting going around the table everyone's sitting there and be quite dramatic yeah I don't know if Andrew's getting anything to add to that I agree with everything said but one thing I wanted to build on is that a lot of the times in the hearings there's just sort of a seeing it's just a process it's just a day to day thing yeah. not many people seem to understand like this decision changes their entire life yeah. down to the core and there needs to be more acknowledgement exactly. of the changes yeah. that'll cause which is the main reason there needs to be changed to allow kids to have what they need more focused on instead of just this seems like the most effective thing so we'll do that instead of just focusing on will this help the kid in the best way but is there anything else that we could do to improve it as well yeah that's such an important point in our report we're going to be making a statement about the importance of these decisions I'm actually old enough to remember when decisions around what we call status that's um, uh, divorce um, adoption things like that could only be done in the Supreme Court because they're so important. Um, and I want to remind people, I want our report to remind people that, that these really are important decisions just because it's called the children's hearing and it might take place in a softer environment doesn't mean the decisions aren't as important as, as decisions made in the Supreme Court. That, that's, that's that's how important they are. So that's a, that's a really important point. Well done. Um, I'll ask the last question. Sure, and then I'll, yes, no, that makes sense. Okay, so so what do you hope that the hearing system working group reforms will achieve? Yeah, sure. I think the main hopes of the change we want is we just want there to be a more focus on the child to try and make it more normal and continuous and more, like, natural to the child instead of it seeming to sort of mature for them. Because a lot of the times, like Liam said, they're children. So I think the main focus is to try and turn it from like sort of an adult process to lowering it down to make it a child process so that they can understand it and they can learn to connect with those who are making the decision and to allow like the chair of the hearing stuff to connect to the child so they can understand where the child's coming from and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think what it is is like it's just the key point of these reforms is to actually involve the child in their decision. Because yeah. yeah. most of the time the child's just there and they're just listening and trying to take in what they can take in. But these reforms are focusing on actually involving the child in their situation and the decision at the end of the day, which I think is really good compared to, like, I was just there. When I was my, when I was in there, you're just sitting at the table and you just listen to everybody or they was doing well in school. Whatever. Yeah. So it's just, this. these reforms actually focus on giving the child a say in the decision. Yeah. So I think these reforms are really good. Well, I, I hope they will um, achieve what you want. I, I, I must just say that yeah. the last session we had was um, quite difficult for me because previously all the sessions were getting information from you, getting insights from you. The last one was, right, we've been listening and this is what we're coming up with. And it was, it was like an exam. You terrified. You I, was terrified. <laughs> I was terrified. But I got a sort of... Mm, not bad, not bad. So <laughs> I, I took that as approval because you're, you're you're pretty hard critics. Yeah, that's good. Thanks so much. <laughs> and actually, just I just wanted to. It's a, um, 
The working group and, you know, David and the Promise Scotland, in a sense, we've asked quite a lot of, of our hearings, our voice and you folks, and I'm really conscious of that, um, the sort of burden of participation as well, the sort of coming, but keep coming back and asking how, well, how we you know what you think about things and, and how that feels, etc. I just wondered if you both had any reflections on how you found, you know, working with the Promise Scotland and with David as well. Did you find that a... Was it a sort of, I've got to go to another one of these sessions or was it actually something that was more positive? Um, no, I was just, like every time oh, uh, Gordon and Amy said, oh, we're working with Sheriff Dead Mackey. Oh, I was looking forward to it because um, <laughs> these these sessions were given us as a group a key part to play in such yeah. a big change for the children's panel system. So I think, obviously, to know that we have got such a big part to play in something so vast mm -hmm. that can really make change within these panel systems, then like we really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Like I've been with the OHV for almost five years and mm -hmm. I've always been working with you since you started working with us. Yeah. And I do think that the entire board of OHV enjoys working with you because it helps us to know that there are people who want change, who want to focus and help us to get the changes we want. And you've definitely been one of the most forward-thinking people who want to get the change through and it's also been a great help because like when we joined when a lot of us joined the board we we wanted the change but we didn't know how to do it and we, whilst we did stuff with CHS and SCRA you showing up showed us how much how important the change was and I think that's been a great benefit well I'm, I'm truly touched by that <laughs> thank you very much well thank you um well thank you all for coming along today um i hope um listeners have found that uh, an interesting insight into how the work's actually operated and just the absolute importance of listening to those with got experience of a system when you're trying to make change along the way so thank you uh david and andrew and liam for coming along and uh, yeah i hope you've enjoyed that listen there'll be more podcasts about the hearing system working group as we get ready for launch so do tune in for those. Thanks very much. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.